Today here with the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line, and I have Action Jackson here with me. Coming to you on a gloomy Wednesday afternoon, where unfortunately there's a there's a nice golden trophy that is uh, that is not in our possession, but still in the state of Louisiana. And uh, Jackson, how how did we how did we not bring that back to Fayetteville? Well, you know, sometimes when you hit that intro, I wish that you would say the one and only and one of a kind Big Mo with with that. <laughs> but uh, man, it's just—I'm it, still scratching my head, and I'm trying to get the, the bad taste out of my mouth. It was just a, a bad sports weekend overall for for myself, and uh, also for you. I mean, I don't know if any of our teams won over the weekend, and uh, well, NC State but, did get a win. Well, hey, good for the Wolfpack. I mean, that that just that just made my day. Well, no, it didn't make it any better. Uh, I can't, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't even lie on the cast because it, it's not. But not hey, for for the record, it was it was a Thursday game, so it technically wasn't over the weekend. Well, and then you know, obviously, my weekend was carried into Monday night when uh, my my two and old Buccaneers just. I mean, just I mean, just got outplayed, outcoached, outhustled by the Eagles. Uh, just it was just ugly, and I'd really, really not like to talk about it. But what happened in Baton Rouge was uh, something that we're grown way too accustomed to in the last few years, and uh, it's losing a game that we should have won. Uh, yep. I, I, I really think that we were the better team uh, for the most part Saturday night, and for me, it comes down to. To untimely penalties and, and not being able to score in the red zone uh, to score touchdowns. If we scored touchdowns yep. in the red zone Saturday, we would have beat LSU. We would have been the talk of college football, the upset, uh, the Cinderella. We would be all this, all this instead of all this doom and gloom. We'd be talking about, hey, we can win the West. Uh, yeah, we'll be undefeated in the SEC. And, and and now you know, and, and I'm not saying that we can't still win the West because, in my opinion, the West is wide open. Everybody looks like they're chasing LSU, but as we showed Saturday night, LSU is beatable. You just have to stop their big play. LSU is not going to drive 10, 15, 16 plays down the field and beat you. They're looking for one shot. And if you can't yeah. stop that one shot, they're going to beat you. And that's what Absolutely. happened to us on Saturday. Absolutely, totally agree. That's LSU's offense. Um, I, I thought for the most part we had a decent game plan, but you've, you've got to execute. You've got to execute, especially on defense. And what, what upsets me is we knew coming into the game that we have to stop Malik Neighbors. We knew that. But yet when they had the ball at the 20-yard line and at the 8-yard line in the second half, Malik Neighbors caught two touchdowns. Yes. And I have to believe the game would have had a different outcome if our defensive coordinator would have figured out a way to just take Malik Neighbors out of the game. Let him throw it to anybody else. Anybody else. Let somebody else beat you. But don't let the guy who just had 220, 230 yards against Mississippi State and multiple touchdown catches. Don't let him be the one to have multiple touchdown catches on your team. Right. It really doesn't seem that complicated. You know, and, and we we didn't do it. And the turning point for me in the game, of you know, there are several places you can point to. Obviously, I've already said you have to you have to score touchdowns in the red zone. We have to get that fixed. But where you lose the game. With 48 seconds left in the half, we go up 13 to three with just a, a great, you know, drive. Uh, we we score a touchdown of you know Roden with a with a spectacular catch in the end zone, and 
48 seconds. We're up by 10. It's 13 to 3. And what happens? 18 seconds later, three plays. LSU's in the end zone. Yeah. And now we know they get the ball back to start the second half. What happens in the second half? The same script. Three plays. Touchdown LSU. Now they're up 17-13. And we're playing catch-up the rest of the game. If we can somehow figure out how to get one stop, either right there before the half or that first drive of the second half, they're playing catch-up because no team stopped the other team in the second half. I don't, both, I don't remember ever listening to or watching a college football game where neither team punted in a whole half. The second half of that game Saturday night, there were no punts. The punters could have took an early shower because they were not needed in the second half. Uh-huh. There was no, there were no stops. There was no defense. They couldn't stop us. We couldn't stop them. And, and I have to jump out. I have to jump out there and just go ahead and give my, my, my offensive player of the game, which is not any surprise. I've got to go with Luke Has for yes. coming out party. Six catches, one hundred sixteen yards, two touchdowns, and a two point conversion catch. I have to give it to Luke Has as far as a defensive player. Until somebody outplays those two linebackers, I'm going with Chris Paul Jr. and Zaheem Thomas. They played every snap of that football game, and I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to split it with Zaheem Thomas and Chris Paul Jr. for my co-defensive players of the game. Until somebody outplays them, somebody's got to outplay them for me. And we need somebody else to step up on defense and show me that you deserve defensive player of the week. Yeah. Well, I completely agree, and that that was going to be my pick. Luke has he had a, a great game for us, and he was definitely he one of the bright spots. KJ, KJ played really well. Uh, you know, he, he did. Had the but you know, KJ was KJ, and and I think the offense is finally clicking, and and I think we 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 really sent a notice to the rest of the West and said, look, we put that BYU game behind us because I don't know how you felt going to the LSU game, but the experts thought we were going to get blown out. 17 and a half point underdogs you know total disrespect and what did we do we went down there and we controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part and we should have won the game we should have won the game and that's what hurts the most about a loss when you know you should have won I didn't feel that way after BYU I didn't feel like we should have won we did not deserve to win the BYU game but I felt like we should have won against LSU that's what hurt the most for me this week and and looking forward to Texas A&M I mean, I don't think they have anything for us. They're going to score points, but I don't think they're going to score enough. And, and I'll throw that out to you after a while, but I don't think they're going to have enough for us. I hope not. But, you know, going back to the LSU game, it's this was hard to swallow because, like you said, I feel like we should have won this too. And it was basically just the – the, the key breakdowns, like you said, the, the end of the first half was the biggest one. And and also, the, let's not forget the end of the game. We were winning the game with if under five minutes to play or, or even less than that and, and gave them the ball back, being ahead or, uh, I'm sorry, with, with the game being tied. Right. And so with the game being tied, you three plays into that next possession – they were already inside of our 40 because, the you know, you've got to play better defense in that situation and make, them, make it hard. Put the pressure on LSU. Make them face a third down in their own territory with the game tied and make them, make them think, hey, if we don't get this play, we're going to have to punt it back to Arkansas with three minutes left on the clock, and then they're going to drive it down, and they're going to accept for a field goal. But we didn't do that. No. You've got to come up by that time of the game. That's when you have to step up and you have to be at your best. And we weren't. We, we made it way too easy for them to move the ball 40 yards on the most critical last drive of the game. It's like you said, we should have been up by a touchdown at that point because there's no way after you hold them a three points for an entire half that you let them score a touchdown in 18 seconds when you've got all the momentum. You just scored on them. Right. And you're about to go up into the half with a 10-point lead. 
And honestly, it reminds me of what we've done against LSU for decades now. And it takes me back to a game that, you know, obviously we have the miracle, which which I was at, and that was unforgettable. But the game, I think, has defined really a lot of this rivalry. For Arkansas, uh, maybe I just dwell on the, the the losses more than more than the wins because they really hurt sometimes. Yeah. But um, is is the 2006 game when Arkansas was ranked fifth in the country, LSU was ranked ninth in the country, and LSU came into Little Rock and beat us 31-26. And I'll never forget at the end of that game, Arkansas was ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Arkansas uh, cut the lead to um, the five points with 10 minutes and 34 seconds left to play. And we all believed that we were going to get the ball back and we were going to score and we were going to tie the game. And what, what happened next? The very next kickoff, LSU ran it back for a touchdown, ran the kickoff back to make it a 12-point lead. It was a backbreaker. And, and and that's what it's, it's it's like every time we feel like we got them down, that they do something crazy like run down the field in eighteen seconds and score and just completely erase the momentum. You can't let that happen. You can't let that happen. And and, and win games on the, in, in the SEC against top fifteen opponents on the road. You can't do that. And it's it's not that we're not a good team. It's that we ju- we just not playing our best when we need to be. Right, and, and you know, and, and I and uh, you know, Coach, coach Pittman gets a lot of the blame for it. Uh, you know, he's the head coach; he's going to have a target on him. But I don't I don't want to hear him say for the rest of the year that we played hard; we just didn't play smart. Because the players not playing smart goes back to the coaches and and not having discipline. What what really upset me is. You start the fourth quarter with the ball, and which, by the way, we did outscore LSU in the fourth quarter. We finally scored points in the fourth quarter. We outscored them 15 and 10 in the fourth quarter. But here's the thing. You start with the ball, and the first two plays of the fourth quarter are two false starts. How do you do that? How do you start a quarter of a game that you need to win that you're controlling with back-to-back false start penalties? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, about, it's discipline. about discipline. Oh, yes, it, it most assuredly is. And, and you know, uh, what I also wanted to see from the team is if they were going to have any resilience in that game. And the point where they showed me that this is not a team that's just going to roll over and die for anybody uh-huh. was when we were down 24 to 16. They put yeah. us down by eight points. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do here? Is this where we roll over? Or is this where we, where we show that, hey, we're still the Arkansas Razorback and we're here till the end of this game? And what do we do? Another great drive. We we, we find the big man, the tight end, Luke Head. He gets the touchdown. And he catches a two-point conversion to tie the game. And I'm like, man, we have a chance. We can do this. And, and that's the most frustrating part about – since Coach Pittman's been there, I'm, I'm, I like Coach Pittman. I'm a Coach Pittman fan. I, I'm, I'm a supporter of his. The only problem I have is, 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 is as a Razorback fan, we want it now. And it's taken longer for us to get our desired results. And I think that, I mean, people might disagree with me, but I think if we continue to be patient, this is going to work out before this season's over. Because... People want Coach Pittman fired, but let me tell you this. Alabama's not very good. I keep saying this. If we manage to go to Tuscaloosa and get a win, guess what, folks? Regardless of the rest of the season, Coach Pittman's not going anywhere because he just broke the longest streak that we've had. We go to Ole Miss next weekend and get a win. Guess what? He's not going anywhere. But I will go even further than that. not trying to jump too far ahead because I think you still have some thoughts you want to hit this week. But (laughs) – we go to Texas A&M and we dominate the way that I'm thinking we're going to dominate, guess what? Coach Pittman's not going anywhere. Yeah. So what we've seen is the offensive line be with the offensive line supposed to be in the entire year. He didn't put them in any bad spots. He's 
like, okay, look, if we get three yards, we get three yards. But what you've seen out of Rashad Divinion, I'm not dancing around looking for no hole. If Coach says to run it right here in this gap, that's where I'm fixing to run it. And you've seen a determined offense. It's like, okay, OSU, come out and score. We're coming back and scoring too. What else you got for us? And I, I love to see that. I just, it just hurts me so bad that we didn't get the W. We did not get the yeah. W. That's what hurts. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not judging anybody by results either. Um, and and again, I, I'll be the same way. Uh, I think, like you said, I'm I'm looking for us to to beat Texas A and M. I'm still fairly op- I'm optimistic about that because we have a good team. We have a good team, and that's to me what makes this LSU loss hurt so much. Right. Is this was our chance yes. to beat them in Baton Rouge? This was when we had KJ. Now, you know, I wish Rocket Sanders would have played in this game. I think he probably would have made the difference, yeah. honestly, because our running was not, you know, it's going to be tough against SEC opponent like LSU, especially at their place anyway. We'll see Saturday because Rocket's back Saturday. We'll see. We, we will see. But, you know, that that is the that, that's one thing that we have to – give everybody a little slack on is if we have rocket that does that lets us turn a little more clock keeps our defense on the off the field a little more and uh, allows us to uh to control the ball and maybe even allows us to score in the red zone better so there, there's something to be said for that um it's it's kind of disappointing that we we couldn't keep him healthy and, and i would note that we possessed the ball for about nine minutes more than lsu anyway so we did a good job with that but um, but it's the intangibles, and that's where the coaching I think really has to come in. Is right. the the intangibles I'm not impressed with. I'm seeing a good team come out on the field with a lot of talent, but in cri- critical moments. And to me, like you go back to the critical moment, I think was the end of the first half and the beginning of the second. They scored with about 30 seconds left in the first half, and then they scored a minute into the second half. Right. So after holding them to three points for the first uh, 20, 29 and a half minutes of the game, we gave them two touchdowns in a minute and a half. Yes. And to me, at the, the end of the half and the, and the beginning of the next half, that's, that's when coaching comes in because that's about preparation. That's about strategy. You got to have a defense that is that can keep them off the scoreboard and keep right. keep them from getting that big play within the last thirty seconds. And then you got to fire those boys up to come out of the locker room and not get uh, give up a huge play, a forty nine yard touchdown, um, uh, after they had just done that to end the in the first half. Yep. You know, it's it's almost like what did you talk about in the locker room? When you give up a uh, 49-yard touchdown, and then you come out, and literally it was the exact same distance to the from the same quarterback to the same receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. for 49 yards. What? what, It's like what? There's no effect that the the halftime, either the halftime speech or the defensive adjustment at halftime did. There was no difference. You, you gave up the same play. And that's coaching. Yes. That's coaching. That's that's preparation. And, and that's why even if we go out and, and we, we, we beat Texas A&M or Ole Miss or we could even beat Alabama, given the Alabama situation, I'm tentatively expecting. I wouldn't – I mean, I'm, I'm even more than hoping to beat them. I'm kind of will be disappointed if we don't beat them because I saw what South Florida gave them a good game, and um, we have a good team. Again, we have a good team. This is definitely our chance to do it. But even if we do that, that's that. I need to see more from Sam Pittman. I, I don't think. And again, I'm I'm not some. I'm definitely not calling for Sam to be fired. Um, I'm I'm kind of a, have a realistic view of Arkansas football program i don't expect national championships or even playoffs i want to win some big games i want to go to a nice bowl i want to be competitive every now and then you know we might make a run at the playoffs or something but sam might be the guy to do that i do not think he is the coach that's going to get us to the to the playoffs or 
or uh, making a run at the national championship at this he moment, might. unless unless he, he shows me more. He might not be, but I think that he is putting forth the the groundwork that whoever that coach is going to that is going to do it, he's giving him something to step on. You know, he's yeah, that 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 could be true. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some stepping stones, if you will. To, to success because I mean I think that as the season progresses I think our team's only going to get better from this yeah. point forward I didn't feel that way after BYU I was so down I'm like well we'll see what we do when we go down to LSU and I don't think it was just because there's a trophy on the line or just because it's LSU I think the team was being disrespected so bad they're saying, oh, well, the offensive line is weak. All oh, the coaches weak. Oh, well, they're 17 and a half point underdog. You know, and and I really think that LSU wasn't expecting to get hit in the mouth like they did. Neither were the 99,648 that were in that stadium other than the, the few thousand Arkansas fans that were there. Nobody expected that outside of the state of Arkansas. Nobody gave us a chance. And we went down there. And to me, I don't like moral victories. But to me, that's what we got. We got a moral victory. We got something to build on. And, and now we get to see if it really did it help us or did it hurt us when we go to play Texas A&M this week? Did we learn anything? If we get down in the red zone, this is what I want to see. Whatever that play is, they, and you know the play, they lined up for so many times on the goal line with three backs in the backfield besides KJ, the dead T or whatever they call it. We haven't seen them run a play out of that because they got a delay a game and a false start when they lined up. So we don't know what they're going to run. <laughs> And yeah. because they haven't got a chance to run it. And but there were there were some times where I did see some coaching spark though. The the timeout and the fake field goal was great. Yes, you ran a fake yes. field goal. You got a first down. You're you're gonna go in and score this touchdown. No you're not because you're gonna get two more penalties and you're gonna kick the ball from further than you would have before you faked it. That's the things that's frustrating. That's the little things. It's these little moments in these games where we've been losing. It's not we're not losing in big moments. We're losing in tiny, minute little spots that when we get it fixed, whoever we're playing is gonna be like, Man, what was the what was the license plate of that truck that ran over us because Arkansas just hung a fifty ball on us and we didn't even always score ten. That's what's gonna well, happen. Yeah. But when I mean, is it gonna happen? When's it all gonna come together? Is it this week? Is it against Florida International? I mean, how long do we have to wait for it to all click? I think it will click. I think it will click uh, eventually because, uh, you know, these losses, frankly, will help because people get sick of hearing about it. They will get sick of hearing about it. And uh, I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of talking about losses. I want to talk about about wins. And so I do think it, it will help. I, I, I hope so. I mean, uh, but, but let's not – you know, this is the one that we really, I, I personally really wanted. Um, and, and seeing how close we were to getting it, it makes it even that much harder to swallow. And I'm not going to, it's not going to be washed away by beating Texas A&M. Um, so, you know, but here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem is you, you've got to look, it's like a horse race, okay? No one gives the, a horse credit because the horse ran a great race and he was leading all the way, and then at the very end, he got nipped. He, 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 got, he lost by, a, you know, a half a length at the very end. But he was leading the whole way and ran a, and ran a fine race. But yeah. that, that just means that horse that came up and got him was smarter. They, was, they, they made adjustments along the way that that horse who was just running and, and not even paying attention to anything. And that's, that tells me that there's a lack of strategy. There's just it tells me that there's poor coaching because this is the second week in a row that we've had a double digit lead in a game and we've wound up losing it. Arkansas was ahead, like you said, 13 to three after basically a half, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. And in the last 30 minutes and 30 seconds of the game, we went from beating them by 10 points to losing by three. We got outscored in the last 30, basically 30 minutes of the game, uh, 31 to 21. 
Yep. And that's the problem. You're moving the wrong direction. The other team is making adjustments on you, but our coaches are not responding. They're not making adjustments in the other direction. And I hate that. If now if we were the ones that started behind and we were the ones who caught up and, and we couldn't quite get them, uh, that's one thing. But we went from being basically 10 points ahead to, like you said, suddenly it's 24 to 16. We're eight points behind. How did this happen? And 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 it's not like it, this is an isolated thing. This happened against BYU. We went from being 14 points ahead to boom, we're seven points behind. Just like that, snap your finger. 14 nothing. Now it's 21 14 against yeah. us. Yeah. You can't. That this is the second week in a row that that's happened, and that tells me that it's there's got to be something done. It, it tells me we're losing ground on them. You know, and that's what worries me is I feel like Sam, you know, there's a lot of good things I'm sure he does, but you have to bring a certain intensity, a certain intensity to the job. And, you know, with him, I'm thinking we might just have to, um, you know, basically accept the fact that we're not going to be able to beat teams like LSU when, when, when their coaches are, are out strategizing us. You know, and, and that hurts. It, it, it's not, you know, I don't know if it's if it's acceptable or not. Like you said, we'll see what he does against uh, LA, against Texas A&M. But I guarantee you, I do not want to see us jump out to another big lead against Texas A&M and blow it. If, if I, you know, if we got a lead, we got to figure out how you pour it on, how you hold that lead, you know? How to put somebody away, you know? Yeah. Now, if we jump up Saturday 14 to nothing, I'm going to be looking like, okay, now's when we get a stop and we go up 21. Yeah. Then we get another stop and we go yeah. up 24 or 28. You know? Yeah, exactly. We, we're I'm, I mean, that can take a, a break, so to speak. You can't just take yeah. a break because you're up 10. Well, we're up 10. We're going to be like the days. Well, no, we, we can't have that. Arkansas has yet to play this year. And, and I don't count the Western Carolina game. We have yet to play a four-quarter game. We haven't played a yeah, four-quarter game. We haven't. We have and not exactly. We played two quarters a game. And this is this is the week that we have to figure out how to do it. 11 o'clock kickoff. You know you got to be up early. You, you know you're playing for another trophy. You're, you're playing against Texas A&M. They beat you 10 out of 11 times. Everybody's hating on you. Everybody's putting you down. What are you going to do? You need yeah. to bottle up what you did against LSU and pour it on them. And when you pour it on them, don't mm. take your foot off the gas till there's about three minutes left. You're up by 30. Then you can take a break. If you're up by 30 with three minutes left, I'm okay with them taking a break. You guys yeah. take a break. We got this one in the bag. But until you're up by that, I don't want to see it. Which, yeah. which brings me to my point and my score for this week. Because okay. everybody's like, man, action's not giving us enough points. That's now, now for the record, action, you predicted us to score 31 points in the LSU wasn't game enough. last week. It wasn't enough. You, your, your score was 31 to 30, and, and let me tell you, it should have been enough. That should It should have been probably, you probably gave LSU more credit than they deserved with that 30 points because there's no way they should have scored 30 or 34. Somehow we're going to figure out how to play defense this week, and Bobby's going to be wanting to beat up on us. We know who's up there in the booth. We know who's the offensive coordinator. But, but K, this is KJ's game because KJ is still beating himself up because he feels like he cost us last year trying to dive into the end zone. The fumble changed the course of the game. Everybody knows that. But we still had a chance to kick a field goal and win the game, and we missed it. So here's my thoughts. We're, we're, going, we're going to stifle. In some part of that game, we're going to stifle Max Johnson to the point where he can't complete a pass because he's got Landon Jackson on his foot. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say that the offense keeps clicking. It's a classic Arkansas-Texas A&M game. Kind of goes back and forth, but we're going to pull away and we're going to win it by a score of 45-28. to 28. Okay. 45-28. to 28. <laughs> If we score 45 points and lose, I probably will never make another score prediction for as long as the next week goes until we, <laughs> until we pick another, until, until we have another opponent. But 
48-28, that's my score. I think we get it all together this week. And, and once again, we put the, the guys in front of us, the opponents on notice that, hey, Arkansas has put that BYU loss behind them. They're coming to play, and we better strap it up and we better get ready to play them, or we're going to get our butts kicked. Look what they just did to Texas A&M. That's my thoughts for this week. Uh, well, I hope so, and, that, and that's always the optimistic thought. For me, I'm seeing this as us, almost a must-win for the psyche of the fan base um, because I, I, I'm, I'm looking basically over the cliff here, and if we lose to Texas A&M, I think this goes south quickly. I mean, this is this is a very important game. And I'm worried. I'm be honest. I'm worried because just you just said it. You got Bobby Petrino over there. You got obviously the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M uh, is, is always going to be stout. It's just a renowned defensive uh, program, and so you're going to have a real coaching strategy against you. And and you know they got talent. I mean Texas A&M consistently is ranked to have us in the recruiting classes. So so you know they've got talent. I'm not saying they're a better football team than us, but they've got plenty of talent to where if we're being thoroughly outcoached, they're going to whip us. And I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm eager to see how our coaching staff deals with Texas A&M, prepares our team for the game, and makes adjustments to whatever strategy that they're trying to run on the field. I'm eager to see that. And uh, frankly, um, it, it's kind of make or break. If, if, if I see some good things, and I'm, I'm hopeful that I will, if I see some good things and some good adjustments uh, this week, then I'm going to feel a lot better about things. But at the same time, if, if we go out and we get handled by Texas A&M or you know, even if we play a game like we did against LSU where we're – very much in the game we should win the game but somehow texas a&m comes back and beats us at the end because we fall flat in the most important moments yep. uh, on defense or offense let me tell you i'm going to be livid on this podcast next week if that's what happens i'm going to be livid oh, because I, I, i'm i can already hear it building uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very frustrated after the lsu loss i was i was really believing we were going to pull that out I mean, if we sent it to overtime in LSU and we lose in overtime, I would have felt better about that, too. You know, because at least you're fighting at the end. But the way we gave it to them at the end, let them uh, get the ball, you know, uh, down inside of our 40 and then run first downs and just milk the clock until the last second now at the five-yard line and kick a little chip shot field goal to beat us. Just... It, it was a poor taste in the mouth on, on a game that, that meant so much and we needed so badly because I look I looked at that game as basically we had a great opportunity. LSU was not as prepared to play us as they should have been. That's just a fact. The first, first 29 and a half minutes, LSU got a big wake-up call. They thought they were going to run over us like Mississippi State. Well, they sure didn't. We had them down. We had them surprised. We had the element of surprise. They were, you know, they were scurrying. They were scurrying everywhere. And then we give them two touchdowns in a minute and a half on both sides of the halftime. And that's what got them back in it. That's what made them believe that they could they could handle this and, and gave them the confidence they needed. You you can't let a team like that back in the game. We this was our chance to to put LSU away in September before they even got their feet under them, and yeah. use that to win the SEC West because we've got the tiebreaker. Now we're on the other side of the tiebreaker. We've got to basically run the table and hope LSU loses two or lose one, hope LSU loses three. That's a lot tougher than us being in a situation where we can lose one and still win the West, and LSU's got to run the table. That's right. And, you know, and then once again, sadly enough, our, our season hinges upon the Texas A&M game. This is the swing game, once again. It's not, you know, we don't even play it as our first conference game this year. We played LSU first, and somehow Texas A&M still, be, still has to be the game that can turn our season. You know, if we win this game, then obviously we got to go to Ole Miss and Alabama, but if we were to win this, we've already proved that the hostile environments don't affect us because we won't play in a more hostile environment than Death Valley. So we went there, we competed. 
Now what are we going to do? Are we going to bounce back and get a win? Or are we going to let Are we going to let that win defeat us for a second week in a row? I think I think we get a win against Texas A&M that we very much need, and I think it, it changes the course of this season going forward with that win. Yep, absolutely. So I'm looking at uh, at LSU schedule on here. They they play at Ole Miss this week. We're going to have to talk about that game. Then they play at. Get this, Missouri has jumped into the top 25 rankings. They're now number 23 in the country. LSU also plays at Alabama, then they play Florida, and then they play Texas A&M last game of the season at home. So there are still opportunities for LSU to get losses. And, and, you know, the West is still in play. But, you know, when you've got them – down like that and you're that close those are the games that really make a difference and when we want to make it to Atlanta you know this is the year where we've got the quarterback we've got the running back our defense is better than we thought which we just need the coaches to to get us over the hump so um yeah I think we've talked about some some tip for some some uh things about Texas A&M we need to be doing uh, I'm ready to just move on to some other games around the country, and because uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a tough one for me. I have to have to be honest. I, I really wanted that boot coming back this year when KJ's a senior, and he, you know, he's done it before down there, and I feel like we should do it again. Anyway, I'm 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 moving on. I'm moving on. Um, all right, Florida State uh, pulled it out in overtime in Clemson. The luckiest team in football right now is Florida State. The luckiest team. I think they're the luckiest team in, in the game right now. Uh, and but I mean they're they're doing what you got to do. You got to win. You got to have some lucky bounces, some lucky breaks, and you got to yeah. win some close games. And, and that's what they're doing. And we don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like how they're winning. Uh, but they're still getting the job done. And you know Clemson should have won that game. You know you make that field goal. Who knows what happens. Florida State might not be able to tie. Uh, instead, yep. you miss, you go to overtime, and, and and you lose on you lose on the second play of overtime. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great great win for Florida State. And, uh, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting to see where Texas falls myself. Uh, they they they're obviously uh, they're not going undefeated. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I, like I said before, Texas is. They've got a pretty uh, good-looking schedule yeah, they for going undefeated. I mean, they basically have Oklahoma as, as really the only roadblock I see in front of them. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I, I mean, I kind of hated to see it for Coach Prime as, as ugly as it got, but he, he finally got him a little wake-up call that, uh, hey, uh, uh, we might not be as good as everybody said we were. Either that or Oregon is going to win the national championship, whichever one it is. <laughs> It's one or the other. Either Oregon's going to win a national championship or Colorado's not as good as, as they looked in the first three weeks. Uh, well, hey, we're fixing to find out how Colorado responds at home. So I, right. I can't discount the fact that that was in Oregon. And, I mean, to my knowledge, has Colorado won on the road yet this year? I don't think they played a road game coming up to that. Oh, I'll take it back. They won at TCU. Yeah, they won at TCU to start the so, you know, we're, we're finding out TCU's not really as good as everybody thought they were. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, they, I mean, it doesn't get any easier for, for Colorado because now they host USC, who, you know, there's a lot of people saying Caleb Williams might repeat as the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, he's, he's steadily putting up the numbers. That's oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, and, but, I mean, there's, there's just, I mean, there's great football to look forward to all the way around. You know, you talk about some of the games in the SEC and, uh, the SEC slate, week in and week out, they're, man, they're just going to be juggernaut matchups. I mean, LSU going to Ole Miss, that's, that's a perfect opportunity for Lane Kiffin to get it right. You know, yep. uh, you, you can beat, if you manage to beat Ole Miss or beat LSU, which I, I really don't think they can do. I don't think they have enough defense. Uh, if, if there's not a team out there that can stop Malik Neighbors, so LSU might run the table and, and, and sneak back into the playoffs. Uh, you know, if, if Somebody can't figure that out. But I think they have some losses coming as well. That's why the, the, it's a wild, wild west. And, you know, we can we can still get it. It's going to be tough. But uh, I, I think we're I think we're there and we're going we're to compete. We're going to see 
wonder, frankly, just logically looking at these results, how if the SC, if the anyone's going to come out of the SEC and, and other than Georgia and make the playoffs, I, I think the, you know the SEC battle might be kind of a moot point, and I'm I'm really starting to turn my attention to these other conferences. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I tell you one, I don't think anybody yeah. can beat Georgia right now. Uh, I think they're okay. playing pretty sound. You know, they're looking like a team that won the last two national championships. Well, there's one team that you've been tooting their horn pretty good, Jackson. And uh, they they showed us a little something uh, last week. And that's the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, beat up on the I, the 24th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. 31 to nothing. Yeah, that's that's my pick to win the Big Ten. I, I, think, I think Penn State is. Uh, but, you know, the Big Ten's going to always iron itself out, you know, just like the SEC does every year. It's going to iron itself out. You know, they've got some big games coming up. But, uh, you know, I mean, they're going to have struggles with Michigan. Uh, but I'm, I'm still picking Penn State to win the Big Ten. And speaking of the Big Ten, we also had a big battle between Ohio State and Notre Dame. I guess they're not Notre Dame's not technically Big Ten, but uh, – uh, might have some uh, playoff implications in that one with uh, the Buckeyes pulling it out by three in South Bend. And, you know, it was, it was really, I mean, you want to talk about coaching mistakes. How in the world do you allow the last two plays of that game as Notre Dame to only have ten players on the football field? Yeah. The final two plays, yeah. you had ten players on the football field. You deserve to lose. Yep. You know, and, and they, you know, Ohio State shocked me, but as I said, they have they have some losses coming. They have to deal with Penn State. They have to deal with Michigan. So the Big Ten is going to work itself out, just like it always does. Yep, totally. And let's not forget about the big game of last week that everybody was watching, and that's Washington State Cougars beat the Oregon State Fighting Beavers 38-35. to Twenty-first ranked Washington State against number fourteen Oregon State. Uh, did we just decide the national champion there? Oh, I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't think we can. I don't think we can crown them, crown them yet. There's a lot of football left to be played. But uh, I mean, kudos to Washington State. They are they are showing the the Pac-12 that hey, you know, or whatever's left of the Pac-12. I guess Pac-12. Well, they're the only two teams left. So that was the de facto. Uh, uh, Pac-2 tw- pac championship. They're calling it the Pac-2 yeah, championship. The, the two-pack, okay. The uh, two-pack. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. We need to change our... our <laughs> if you want to go old-school hip-hop, you can call them the Tupac. But, yeah, uh, we need to change our theme music to Tupac for, for just this episode for the, for the Oregon State-Washington State results. <laughs> and speaking of theme music, for just a little while on Saturday night, I was thinking about changing it to Oh What a Feeling because I was feeling pretty good about beating LSU. And then, oh, don't. Hey, we're, we're past that. We're past that, Jackson. Yeah, we're past it. But you brought we're past it. Music. Don't bring me back. <laughs> no, I was feeling it too, though. I, I really thought we were going to do it. But, man. Uh, all right. So, so uh, I think that's pretty much oh, – oh, and let's not forget, uh, Utah, of course, beat UCLA – Fourteen to seven, and again, a game score that looks like it came out of the nineteen seventies. What a defensive battle that was! Yeah, yep. I mean, Utah has got a, they've got an excellent defense, though, from what I've seen. Oh yeah, that, that, that's one thing Utah. You don't, you haven't seen people score points on Utah this year for sure. And uh, of course, I think it helped that they played at home there. And uh, let's not forget about. Uh, how did Alabama end up beating Ole Miss without uh, a quarterback? I mean, some I mean, some some accidental quarterback play showed up in the second half. I mean, uh, I think Jalen Milrow threw one touchdown pass when he was on his back. I mean, he was literally falling onto his back, and he found a guy in the end zone. Uh, it's just, I mean, Alabama's on the brink of disaster right now, and. Uh, and, and it comes to fruition in a few weeks. I think I've been saying it since the offseason. Uh, this is the year we break the streak. So, uh, well, that's what that's what the Ole Miss fans were saying. Definite problems in in, in Alabama, and, uh, and and Ole Miss just had no offense. Uh, Ole Miss had no offense in the second half. And, uh, but let's 
not forget Alabama's going to have a defense. And yep. uh, obviously it got exposed against Texas, but, you know, they've, they've really uh, tightened the screws down on their opponents the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, um, Ole Miss scored with 3.55 less left in the first quarter. And they did not get it. They got a touchdown then. They didn't get another touchdown for the rest of the game. Yeah. I mean, complete shutdown by Alabama's defense. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I have to think that the defense was the best offense for Alabama in that game, because when you're when you're stopping them from getting first downs, right. you, you know you're handing it back to your to your offense. You know. What was a little alarming as an SEC fan and an Arkansas fan uh, was that Alabama started a really be able to run the football in that second half and uh i was just like no no shut the running game down don't don't give them any any glimmer of hope that they're back because we we don't want that and yeah uh and but you know they they took care of business and, and did what they had to do against old men yep so moving forward to the current week Let's see what what the big games. I mean, obviously we got we've already talked about Arkansas and Texas A and M, which I think is a big game. Uh, a game against ranked opponents that I did not see coming is the Texas Longhorns take on the undefeated twenty fourth ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas Jayhawks of Liberty Bowl fame, two thousand twenty two. Uh, do the Jayhawks? Uh, I believe they actually have gone into Texas within the past what couple of years and beat them. But do they do it again? Uh, I, I, I did say that Texas has some losses coming because I think they are going to slip up. But I just don't think that it's Kansas that they slip up against. I, I think Texas probably, you know, they probably do just enough to win the game and uh, and, and probably don't look too impressive doing it. But I, I still think they get the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking back two years ago, the last time Kansas was in Texas, the Jayhawks walked out with a 57-56 to 56 victory in one of the great shootouts of uh, college football regular season history. Well, as uh, far as that Texas offense has been, I would say Kansas would probably need a repeat performance. They would have to score uh, somewhere in the 50s if they were going to beat the Longhorns this week. All right. And another matchup of uh, ranked opponents in the SEC. We got LSU now on the road facing Ole Miss, ranked number 20 in the country. Uh, who do you think will win this game? And, and are, are we going to have to root for Ole Miss this week, Jackson? Well, it, it's really tough to root for either team because of our, our disdain and, and uh I almost want to say hatred for both of them, uh, <laughs> but uh, I Disgust. mean, I mean, it's definitely a, a game that you know is. I think it's going to be closer than than most people think it's going to be. But if Ole Miss, like I said, if Ole Miss does not figure out how to stop that whatever that corner post corner fade route is that LSU runs, LSU could have a field day on because I don't think Ole Miss's defense is even as good as ours. Uh, so I, I, I hate to pick LSU, especially after a loss. Obviously, we need them to lose, but uh, I think I think they're going to figure out a way to beat Ole Miss on the road. Uh, well, I, I honestly think it would be better for Ole Miss to win that game because well, I, I, uh, I agree. I agree. I just don't think their defense is on our level, so I think yep. they're I think they're in trouble with with neighbors and uh, dealing with neighbors and and, and Jalen Daniels. Well, I'm going to be reluctantly rooting for the Rebels. And, I mean, given your track record this year, Jackson, I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, we, we get – very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that you just gave Ole Miss the, the little bit of boost that they needed to pull that one out. Because right. if they win that game and Arkansas beats Texas A&M, I think suddenly the West is wide open again because you're going to have te- LSU with one loss. Ole Miss has got one loss. And then you've got Alabama without any loss, and we still get to play them. Yeah, that's either it either is wide open or it all it does is open the door up for Alabama to win it again. So, whichever way you want to look at it. But yeah, I mean, my track record hasn't been very good, so maybe I'll use reverse psychology. And because normally who I pick this year so far have normally been losers. 
here out west we have number 10 utah goes on the road to corvallis and plays the oregon state ducks fresh off a loss to washington state oregon state just to show you how uh, strong the uh the west coast teams are oregon state lost the game to washington state and they're still ranked in the top 20 so, uh, and they're actually no, favored. They're actually favored no, against no Utah reason. by three points. Now, that's no a Friday game, against, so. Yeah, no reason for me to go against Utah at this point. I'm, uh, I'm going to pick Utah to stay, uh, stay unbeaten. All right. In Oregon, in Oregon State, against the spread. Yep, yep. All right. Well, so let's stay out west, and let's see how are the USC Trojans going to fare against the high-flying Sanders brothers and Sanders' father in, uh, in Boulder, Colorado? Uh, I, I, think, I think Colorado has another tough Saturday. Uh, I, I don't I, – I think, I think USC is uh, probably going to rest their starters about the third, in the third quarter. All right. And now, interestingly, I, I want to point out that game is on Fox, but they're starting that game at ten o'clock in the morning local time. Yeah, those, those early starts favor the home team, but I, I, I just think by midway through the first quarter, early second quarter, uh, USC will have that game in, in control. They got USC favored by twenty-one and a half points. Are uh, they they missed it last week when they had the the same the same odds of, of with Oregon and uh I mean I think what was it was forty two to six uh, yeah so yeah I I think uh, I think they're they're gonna uh, yeah it, it, it's gonna get ugly for Colorado again I'm afraid a big matchup we got here is uh, nobody thought it was gonna be a big matchup but number eleven Notre Dame goes into one of the most feared environments in all of college football in Durham, North Carolina, and plays the Blue, the Duke Blue Devils, oh, who are now undefeated, 17 in the country. It sounds like a basketball matchup in, in March or early April. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what Duke's got. I, I think, you know, I think Notre Dame's going to bounce back, and uh, I, I'll, I'll say they give Duke the first loss. All right. Uh, in the SEC, we have South Carolina at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's been kind of struggling. Uh, you know, they they did they did take that loss to Florida, and uh, South Carolina's quarterback play with Spencer Rattler's been been kind of iffy. And uh, give give me give me Tennessee at home. All right. So we got. The number 23-ranked Missouri Tigers playing Vanderbilt on the road. Uh, Missouri undefeated. I, I, I don't – I mean, it pains me to say this, but uh, I think Missouri stays undefeated uh, for now. They stay undefeated for now. All right. Uh, number one, Georgia goes into the hedges and plays the Auburn Tigers. 2.30 p.m. Uh, on CBS. One of, I mean, a, a very, very old football rivalry there. Uh, but I, I don't think anybody's really going to test Georgia right now. Uh, I, I, like, I like the Bulldogs at home. Interestingly, they only got Georgia favored by 14 and a half, which I think is a pretty generous line for Auburn. I think they're leaning on the history of that series and, you know, Probably the Auburn moment keeps it close, but I, yep. I like Jordan. Uh, number 22, Florida Gators go to Kentucky in a game that the odds makers have is basically a push. They have Kentucky favored by one. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, we, we didn't, I, I think we, we talked a lot of trash about Florida. We did definitely would not have seen Florida ranked this, at this point in the season. Uh, I think I think uh, old old coach Stoops over there in Kentucky. I think he's on a mission right now, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to walk at home over the Gators. All right. And also in the SEC, we got the Alabama Crimson Tide, number twelve in the country, 
going to Starkville, Mississippi, which I believe is their shortest road trip they can have. I think that's a shorter trip than it is to Auburn. Going to oh. have a lot of Bama fans there. Not a not enough cowbells in this one. Uh, I, I like Alabama. They seem to be getting things back on track. Uh, I, I hate to see it. I'm stepping out right now, and I'm calling an upset. Okay, Jackson. I'm calling Mississippi State over Alabama. Like hey, like we got this on, on record here. Mississippi State is a good-looking team on paper. They won nine games last year. They've been struggling this year. They're playing at home. They know this is their chance to beat Alabama when they're scrambling. They don't have a quarterback. I love and I, I, I just I feel this one. The numbers, the numbers may be against me. History may be against me, but I'm calling Mississippi State against Alabama. Mark the tape, folks. Mark the tape. I'm calling it. Straight up. And then if it doesn't happen, we're going to erase this part of the podcast. I really feel that one. We erased all my bad predictions. We sound like a, 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 an old school DJ. You I mean, just be a bunch of blank space. We just have to erase the whole second half. <laughs> oh, hey, but you're getting better. You just need some results. It's not like somebody's stuttering or something the whole time. You just need some results to roll in. Well, uh, we got at least a couple more games to talk about here. Well, Iowa State, your, one of your favorite teams, goes oh, to man. number 14, Oklahoma. Who you got in that game, Jackson? I, uh, Oklahoma's defense has been really impressive, and but I mean I hate I hate to ever pick against the Cyclones, but with my track record, I have a feeling if I pick Oklahoma, Iowa State's going to win. So let me go with Oklahoma. Go with the Sooners. All right, all right. Well, that's you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's a rare pick against Iowa State, but I, I think you've been. You've learned some lessons here in the early going that, that have brought you back to earth. But, um, and let's not forget one of the biggest games going off this week for the second week in a row. NC State plays on a Friday. I think I said Thursday before. They play on a Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. The undefeated Louisville Cardinal come to play the undefeated in conference NC State Wolfpack in Raleigh. Amazingly, they got Louisville favored in our house. Is that disrespect, Jackson? Very, very much disrespect. There's no Cardinal that's got any hope of a chance of messing with the Wolfpack. Uh, just imagine what that <laughs> fight would look like. And I, I'm just going to say that, you know, that is one team, along with the Hogs, that is just almost impossible for me to pick against, especially at home. Uh, give me the Wolfpack to, uh, to end this undefeated Louisville uh, all right. Well, that looks good. I, I think that pretty much does it for the, the college football. Uh, you want to switch over to the NFL. And uh, we recently had a, a 70 point game last week by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think Miami just scored again. I think they just scored again. Uh, they, they scored another touchdown. Uh, now 76 to 20, uh, extra point pending. Uh, wow, I mean, just, uh, uh, I mean, ugly. I mean, uh, Sean Payton was just, uh, he, he was at a loss for words. He didn't know what happened. You know, it was just, uh, he called it embarrassing, which it was. Uh, but Miami could have tied a, a league record for points. Or uh, they yes. could have beat it by kicking a field goal, and they didn't. Uh, yep. They took a knee and, uh, and, you know, ice out the clock and at one seventy to twenty. Uh very disappointing weekend. Uh definitely uh for I was even disappointed and I'm by no means a Saints fan. But I was disappointed in the way that the defense played in those last ten or twelve minutes for the Saints and uh, allowing Green Bay to come back. Uh well, but still uh... but still you have a chance to kick a field goal and win the game and uh he just you know, he he pushed it and so you know, like I said, there's only really one matchup in the NFL we're talking about this weekend, and, and folks, it gives it gives us one week of the year, one of the few weeks that we're really not friends this week. We just act like it because, uh, you know, in a 
big matchup Sunday. Tampa Bay travels to New Orleans. I yep. just stole your thunder, Big Mo, but what are your thoughts on the upcoming matchup between the Saints and the Buccaneers? Well, I'd feel a lot better about it if I hadn't seen that second half against uh, Green Bay. Because um, that one, that's a real gut punch. I mean, you're up 17 to nothing. you just completely dominating the other team. And, you know, there. of course, we did get our quarterback hurt in the in, early in the second half, and that's what really did it for us. Because if we move the ball at all and control the ball, they don't have even a chance to come back. I think one more touchdown would have broke their back, put them, put them up 24 nothing, and with our defense, they're not giving up that. But we kept it just close enough to where Green Bay could climb into it and then manage to choke away the field goal at the end. And, uh, you know, it, it's a real, um, you know, disappointment. But I still like the Saints' chance to win the division. But that all starts against Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has been playing a lot better defense than what people give them credit for. Now, they did get shredded by the Eagles, but who hasn't? I mean, Absolutely. the Eagles are shredding everybody. But Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm looking at the Vikings. The Vikings, they can play some offense. But Tampa Bay shut them down. We did. And, you know, and, and it's so frustrating, the Monday night loss, because I, I don't like when my team plays on Monday because historically we don't perform good on Monday night football. We just don't. Yeah. And once again, it showed. Uh, I mean, and I don't think anybody is ever going to figure out how to stop the Eagles on a short yardage play. Uh, I think every football team should be running that. I don't know why the Razorbacks don't run it on short yardage like that because it, it's unstoppable. You cannot stop that what they call the tush push where they get behind Jalen Hurts and they just shove him up in the pile. Uh, you can't stop it. And But we couldn't stop the run. We couldn't stop the pass. Uh, it was just it was an ugly Monday night game for us. And I've said all along, uh, just like I, I said about the Arkansas-LSU game, because I felt like who won that game had the best chance to win the win. Uh, and LSU's in the driver's seat right now. And I think whoever wins this game Sunday controls their destiny in the NFC South. And historically, we don't play good when we go to the Superdome. And so I don't like to pick against my team, but, you know, if I was going to lay a bet on the line, I would put my money on the Saints this weekend at home to defeat Tampa Bay. I hope so too. I mean, obviously for the Saints, but I, I I do agree with you. We we historically do handle Tampa Bay at home, and we're a lot worse when we have to travel to Tampa Bay. But I, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel that good about it because I have I just honestly don't feel that good about Derek Carr. A lot of it depends on. You know, with the type of weapons he has, we we need to be moving the ball and, and a lot better than what we have been. But a lot of it, to me, depends on what we get from Alvin Kamara, who's fresh off his three-game suspension. That is a real wild card. If we can establish a running game, I think then we can really put it on Derek Carr and say, look, you got to be making passes now. Right now, he's kind of got the excuse of, you know, they're playing they're playing the pass a lot. And we can't really move the ball on the ground that well because we're running, you know, rookies and scrubs. Right. You know, and we had Jamal Williams go down with injury. As, as the biggest Tampa Bay fan that I know, uh, I got to hope that Derek Carr just doesn't play and that they put the ball in James Winston's hands would be the best thing in the world for us uh, come Sunday. Uh, but well, don't forget that that would be a revenge factor. So I, I would I would expect Jameis to have his best game and, and just go out of his mind would, against Tampa Bay. I would like I would like my chances <laughs> a lot better with, with Jameis versus Derek Carr. But, but having Alvin Kamara back and you know the Eagles just showed that you can run on Tampa Bay defense because they absolutely shredded us with that running game and uh, it was just disappointing and, and I think I'm I think my disappointment is going to continue uh, at least Sunday because I, I don't I don't foresee Tampa going to the Superdome and win. All right. Well, we'll have to see about that. Um, any other? Any other? Uh, oh, oh, let's not forget about the Ryder Cup coming. <laughs> oh yeah, the the Ryder Cup. Uh, we, we haven't we haven't beat the Europeans on European soil, soil since 1993. So it's about time that we do it this this year. Well, let's go get it. That's what I say. Let's go get it, United States. Uh, let's 
let's go and uh, and get that Ryder Cup and, and, and beat them in their own backyard. That would be sweet, wouldn't it? It would be. Uh, well, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's been frustrating uh, to, to lose, but I think we got some wins on the horizon, and uh, it's just always great to sit down and talk about it. And uh, anybody out there listening, tell your friends. Uh, if you don't have anything to listen to tonight, pick up a radio, listen to Coach Pittman on Sam Pittman Live at 7 on the 1037 The Buzz, wherever you may be listening. And, uh, you know, and we look forward to I look forward to being with you guys next week. And uh, go Hogs, uh, go Wolfpack, and go Bucks. And I say amen to that. And a, and a go, go Saints. Go Saints. <laughs>